This is the word to go, yo, yo, yo. Hey, everyone. This is Mickey James. And SoCal Bow. And Lisa Marie Barron. And you're listening to Grown Ass Women Podcast. That's right, Godcast. If you love our weekly YouTube show, you're going to love our audio version. So grab a cocktail, slip into something more comfortable, and get ready to dish with us totally unfiltered. So get ready for the Godcast in three, two, one. Hello, and happy Pride Month, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grown Ass Women TV. Oh, yes, that's a hashtag. Hashtag Gaw TV. Please use that on social media. Yes, ladies. Uh, <laughs> and while you're here, do us a favor before we kick things off. Please go ahead and like this video. Yeah. Ding. Ding. Make sure that you are subscribed to our channel right now. And do us yourself a favor and click that bell icon to enable notifications so you never miss a moment of got tv look how prepared you are look at me know. i got the thumbs i got the bell come on yes <laughs> new and exciting yeah. oh my gosh you know um uh, what's great about our show is our after party for our patreon members and you can be a member patreon.com slash got tv any tier we have a zoom after guess what we brought back what the, da- the dance off. Oh, 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 oh. That was the ow. best part. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a little grizzled, guy. Grizzled old vet. Oh. <laughs> oh. But it's such a good time. Right, guys? I-, I actually really, really, that's my favorite part of the show. Me too. Yeah. yeah the unfiltered party. version. Yeah. The unfiltered. You get to see us raw. Unfiltered. <laughs> we were Bad language and everything. The other time. The other day, it was just like the craziest after party ever. That was. Oh, it was. Yeah. Well, you it know does. who I want to give a shout out to? Not to put myself over, not to toot my own horn. Her legacy, Legacy Substack, <laughs> which your episode is sponsored by. But dude, the Her Legacy has been going so good. It's been nothing but positive stuff, positive feedback. And so, you know, if you know someone or if you love, uh, you know, someone, one of your lady friends, if you will, maybe tag her here. Yeah. So to use code GAW, G A W, get 10% off everything in the store there's lots of men's stuff but you know so no i want to say thank you to that mickey i want to say thank you because how i got through the whole day is your the fat burner i needed the energy so thank you yes a testimonial from lisa marie and i don't think it gets much better than that but we do want to give a little shout out as well to not only our fabulous sponsor legacy steps her legacy but our top tier here we go ladies gorgeous gorgeous patrons which this month it includes william thorsten wayne aaron remy anthony mickey d george tony there's so many fabulous people that support us on patreon.com slash tv and they've t- taken advantage of our new and improved gorgeous tier which includes our gift this month to you for being a top tier member is our tna knockouts banner it's one of our favorite photo shoots and it's such a fun collectible that we're going to give to all of our top tiers this month i love it yeah, love it. I love it too. Love it. Love it. Oh my. Love it. <laughs> and don't forget, you guys, not only you can see us on our YouTube channel, you can hear us, our angelic voices on our Godcast podcast. Big shout out to LJ for transferring all of our shows to the uh the YouTube to the podcast form, unedited version. You get the the long, long version. It's more of us yapping our jaws off. 
So you guys better listen to us. If they can handle that, Lord in heaven. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. You'll need therapy. You might need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You might. You might need. Oh my God. That's so funny. You know what time it is though? For real. It is time. What time? Our little sneak peek, if you will. We're going to go to our resident fashionista, if you will, Ashenista. Yes, with all of our favorite looks for the whole month of Pride. So, I'm yay! So I'm so yes, he's beautiful. He's uh-huh. so beautiful. Yeah, we know he doesn't like Crocs. I'll tell you that he does not. This <laughs> has been not. very, very well documented. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, you gorgeous, gorgeous people. It's me, Ash, aka Ashenista. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am back back again to give you some style tips for this fabulous Pride Month. So let's get into it. My first pick is from my all-time favourite diva, Miss Mariah Carey. Now, it's no secret that Miss Mariah Carey is a huge ally of the LGBTQ plus community. Now, every year she releases a collection of t-shirts. This year is no different, but the only thing is that she's gone through her back catalogue this year. So the t-shirts are obviously having um, lyrics of her favourite songs, big hits such as, you know, from Loverboy to um, Heartbreaker and many, many others. But the other thing she's done this year is basically put a picture of herself as the lead character in the fabulous and classic cinematography piece, which is called Glitter. Now, these t-shirts range between $15 to $60 and they are available on the Mariah Carey website. Uh, Again, if you do love Mariah and you want to stand out and you want to be a bit of a diva, I do suggest that you do purchase a Mariah Carey Pride t-shirt. She's fabulous. You'll look fabulous wearing it as well. So yeah, invest in one of those. Uh, The next brand I want to talk about is Levi's. Now, Levi's, again, have strong roots within the LGBTQ plus community. They've been long supporters of gay rights and, you know, really champion gay activism. Now this year they've launched an all pronouns love collection which is basically celebrating gender pronouns and um, the hero piece of this collection is a liberation trucker jacket which is an oversized dad style denim jacket but the gorgeous thing about it is at the back of the jacket they have a pastel colored rainbow celebrating all the pronouns as well. Um, so that's a fantastic collection from Levi's, again, available in all Levi's stores and online also. So if you do want to stand out this Pride Month and you want to celebrate your pronouns, I suggest you go and invest in this particular jacket or any pieces from the Levi's All Pronoun Loves collection. And finally, you know, you need some decent footwear when you're going out to Pride. So my recommendation would be a pair of Converse Pride Chuck 70s. Now, these are general white um, chucks, which, you know, the the usual Converse style of chucks, which you usually have. But the difference this year is that they have a rainbow embroidery print going on one side of the trainer. Now, again, these are unisex chucks, so both men and women can wear them. And, um, yeah, casual, comfortable, a little bit stylish as well, especially if you're going out, um, you know, whether you're going to a pride party at home or if you're doing a sort of mini march or whatever you're doing, you'll definitely stand out and you'll have comfort as well. There you have it. Those are my three picks for this Pride Month. Whatever you're doing, stay safe. Love is love. I love you all. And it's so lovely to be back. And I'll hand you back to the ladies. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram at Ashenista. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Kisses. He always looks so stylish and he's always oh. dropping the knowledge on our Gaw TV uh, fans. And for us as well, we love that. We love a little bit of fashion. 
here on Gaw TV. But we are so excited for our guest today. I mean, this is someone that has such an amazing story and we're so honored and thrilled that he would share it with us. But Lisa, unfortunately, uh, you were not a part of the interview, which we are so sad about, but you had a very, very, very cool day. I did. I did. And thank you for Legacy Saps. I'm telling you, that fat burner helped me. Getting up at freaking 4.30 to go to the U.S. Open. Woo! Yes, the golf tournament. Um, I marked the F out. I'm going to be honest with you. I got to see Phil Mickelson tee off and I fangirled. Not, not, you know, a lot of things don't make me fangirl out too much. Yeah, um, but this, it was so iconic and... Uh, Thank you, Tori Wilson, and to her husband, Justin Tupper, for the tickets. Um, and we were in the NBC tent, um, the NBC sports, and you can see from the pictures and stuff like that. But you made a real, it, it was, I guess it was very difficult. Tori offered the tickets, and I think her husband looked at her like, what are you doing? It's like asking us to get WrestleMania tickets. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So Chavo and his best friend, Matt, joined us. Um, a blast. VIP treatment. And then of course, afterwards, I, and also too, the reason why I couldn't make it, it you can't talk during golf. They yeah. put their hands up and then, or they put the, the, the orange flags up, shut up. You can't talk. And then, so it's not like a golf charity thing where you're on a golf cart, you know, they're caddies and stuff like that. Phil Mickelson the day before went off on this guy. Cause he didn't turn his phone off. One of the fans, Ooh. the spectators. I yeah. You know. cannot talk. <laughs> and then travel put him over over Did the moon. He? he put it. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh, dear and young. I go, I'm missing the interview because we're at this golf tournament. And he goes, you can go back there. And I'm like, they said no porta potty view. <laughs> That's where we draw the line here. That's right. <laughs> no. The classy, classy, yeah. uh, classy broad here by the yeah. porta potties. <laughs> oh, so beloved. That's so amazing to hear from Chavo, too. But, you know, well, since we've talked him up so much, without further ado, our amazing interview with Mr. Fred Rosser. We are so happy to have you here. You look gorgeous. Gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. I always say health is wealth. So uh, during this whole pandemic, uh, the world stopped, but I didn't stop. So health is wealth. Crazy. That was going to be my first question, actually. So it's so nice to virtually meet you. But how have you been dealing with the pandemic? Has it been crazy? I mean, are you, are you kind of now getting back into events and stuff? Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, thank goodness I didn't give up on, uh, you know, working out. I just had to be more creative, doing TRX, uh, kettlebell work, a lot of functional training. So I've just uh, returned back to the gym. So I do half gym, half home, because I don't want to lose a lot of that mobility that I worked on uh, during the pandemic, because you know, the wrestling beats your body up. So I say when it's all said and done with me, I don't want to be like The Undertaker or Shawn Michaels hobbling around. I love those guys, but that's why I always preach health as wealth. Yeah, I love that Take health up. as well. That's I so true. That. I love that as I drink my Pinot Grigio. <laughs> Here's the health, kids. Here's Mommy needs health. a creative juice when we start the show. Our favorite part of the show is to ask, who are you wearing and what are you drinking? We'll have our guest of honor go first. Tell us what you're wearing and what you're imbibing on tonight, if anything. Well, I'm rocking my New Japan Strong shirt. It's always been a bucket list of mine to work with New Japan, and I pursued them like crazy, and I'm living a dream with them. So New Japan Strong, and I haven't drunk any alcohol since August 2017. Wow. My, release, my release from WWE was... 
uh, October 2017. So nothing lasts forever. I moved out to L.A. before my release. And when I moved out to L.A. full time, I decided to give up Tito's Vodka because that was my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was dependent on it. And I tell it on my podcast, Prone Bro Wrestling, that I was drinking um, before wrestling matches with WWE. I was drinking before Be A Stars, you know, uh, anti-bullying mm-hmm. campaigns to take the edge off. So I don't want to be dependent on that when I moved out to L.A. full time. So this is uh, BCAs and glutamine. This is my second gallon of water. Uh, I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat till like 5 or, five or 6 p.m. So I just load up on water. So this is my second gallon. Wow. I have to ask you about intermittent fasting because I've heard really good things about it. I tried it for a bit, but I wasn't sure like, you know, if it was working. I should have tried it longer. But is that something that you kind of stand by? Are you a big fan of intermittent fasting? Just a personal preference. Uh, I like to feel light. Um, I'm not a morning person where I eat a whole bunch of food. I like to get my workouts in first thing in the morning. Uh, I always use the analogy when I fly, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before assisting others. So I like to get my workouts out the way in the morning. Uh, I feel more alert when I intimate fast. And by 5, 6 p.m., one big meal. Uh, I love my sweets, so I don't have to give up any sweets. Uh, my sweets of choice are peanut butter cups. I'm a peanut butter head. Um, so, yeah, uh, it works for me. And if I have a wrestling match, I won't eat till 8, 9, or 10, or until I'm done. So um, it works for me. It keeps my waistline because even these, even us guys got to make sure our, our waistlines are tapered. Tapered. That's right. It's a very aesthetic <laughs> business. Yes. There is. Mickey, first of all, your thoughts on intermittent fasting, because I am genuinely curious and a lot of people watching, you know, always want fitness tips and things like that. And then I want to ask what you're uh, drinking and who you're wearing as well. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just tell you what I'm drinking. It's not anything nearly as healthy as what- That's healthy. That's healthy. <laughs> Seven up, zero sugar. And I'm not drinking alcohol because I haven't worked out yet, not because I've given it up. But I do want to talk to you about that some. We're going to talk more about that. One of my favorites, though. Anything that they put cherry in. (laughs) Sold every time. Cherry Pepsi, Uh, cherry Dr. Pepper, cherry 7-Up, Sprite. Whatever it is, I'm sold. Um, And then I'm wearing my workout clothes because I'm getting ready to uh, go work out too, Fred. I don't... And I don't know that I intermittent and fast. I'll say this. I don't know that I've ever, I've never done the whole intermittent fast as a true diet. It's yeah. more like you said, I'm not, I, I don't eat a heavy meal. Like I might have some cereal or a Nutri-Grain bar or something to snack on a banana, something yeah. in the morning, but I probably won't eat my first meal until about one or two o'clock like a real like meal. So whatever I've done before then is just all, I'll get some cardio in. I don't yeah. like to train. I don't like to train after I've eaten because it slows me down and I feel heavy in the gym. And I want to, <laughs> because when we're training for the ring, it has to be explosive. It has to be high impact. It has to be like, it's like slow and quick, slow and quick. So I train, do a lot of that, like calisthenics and stuff like yeah. that when I'm training, um, just to try to mimic what we do in the ring. Cause I say I could work out and do cardio on a machine for an hour and I can have a normal conversation with you. I could, but yes. then go get in the ring the next day and five minutes in and I'm sucking wind because it's not the same. And I think that 
especially now in these times when there's been a lot less shows, a lot less performance, us, we're starting to open back up and we're starting to get back to the ring. And so I don't want to be blown sky high. I do not. Exactly. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. It gets sloppy and that's when people get hurt. And I'm not yes, trying to get hurt. Yes. No, I um, I agree. And like, I hate to use the word diet because any word with the word diet in it, uh, it, you know, no one sticks to a diet. I don't stick to a diet. I don't think we all stick to a diet. It's like a lifestyle. So right. what works for me, I say what works for me might not work for you, but I can promise you uh, a lot of the stuff I do. And I always say my social media is an open diary to the world. So anything I ever post always comes from the heart with the intent mm-hmm. to inspire motivate and educate the masses so people want to know what mickey is drinking people want to know what uh what what val is promoting people want to know uh what energy drink i'm taking so just as much as like the rock and will smith and tom hanks those are guys that i kind of uh, Matthew McConaughey, those are guys that I kind of pull from. There are uh, audiences that pull from us. So right. it is what it is. it is. I forget, Mickey, are you a fan of Matthew McConaughey? I can't remember. I can't. <laughs> I told you. I cannot. I, this is my, this is, you know, Nick gets Sofia Vergara and I get Matthew McConaughey. Oh. And that's kind of like the thing. And, you know, I never loved Lincoln so much in all my life. There you go. As I do today. Yeah, I never knew I wanted one until, you know, <laughs> recent years. If he's, if he's selling, you're buying, right? <laughs> he's selling well, it, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey, Mickey uh, Matthew's not my cup of tea in that way. But the one thing I learned from Matthew is, uh, you know, when you do an audition or when you do a role, like go in there, pre- go in there, prepare, prepare for it. So when you go in there, you can play around, you can have fun. Same mm-hmm. thing in the ring, how you said that, you want to mimic a lot of the exercises that we do. So when you have a wrestling match, you're not blown up. You can play around in the ring and you're just prepared. So a lot of what I learned from a lot of those, uh, you know, influencers, those celebrities, I kind of gravitate and pull from too. Be prepared. Be prepared for NWA. Be be prepared for New Japan. You know, be prepared for whatever. Yeah, right. That's, it's good advice. I love the health is wealth as well. That's really, really great yeah. advice. I remember one time Trish, I want to say it was on a tough enough. This is me fangirling over here, remembering this quote, but she said, preparedness meets opportunity. And it's so true that if you, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. As they say, uh, I will just quickly tell you, I am drinking a Pinot Grigio blush because I'm also, also training. So a little Pinot Grigio blush uh, in my little fancy cup. And because we are celebrating Pride Month, as Mickey is illustrating with her fabulous flags, I am wearing my Yas Queen t-shirt to just illustrate the point there. And I usually uh, am filming in my, my wardrobe. I'm actually in my lounge right now. So you'll see my very loud wallpaper in the back. But hey, it's, it's a special lovely. occasion. Why not? It's lovely, lovely wallpaper. You know, I told you, I think I mentioned this before. One of my old trainers would say over-prepared. Be over-prepared mm-hmm. because if you're over-prepared, you're going to be unstoppable because people won't expect it, you know, like, so that's a good, I think that's a good mindset to be in. Like you always have to be ready, stay ready, be over-prepared. So no matter what they give you, it could be a pile of crap, but you can turn it into gold because you're over-prepared and you know how to do it, right? Like that's okay. just, exactly. that's, yeah, yeah. I well, sort so- of- yeah. What else would I want to say? Oh, we, you know, obviously this is a kind of a, a fun podcast. We don't typically talk about all like wrestling and all that stuff, but we could go through your whole career, whole career. 
um, and talk about all kinds of things from the indie circuit, which I didn't realize that you and I, we traveled in a lot of the same circuits because I saw you did a lot of Northeast and a lot of, we, yes. a lot of familiar names when I saw um, who you were listed as far as training under and that um, from Nexus, which was on my exit of de departure. That was kind of in line. I remember you coming up when you were in developmental, but I remember you coming up and some of the guys in Nexus coming up throughout the times, like just house shows and stuff like that. And then by the time you all kind of came up, I was kind of departing um, from the primetime players who with Titus, yes. one of my favorite people on the planet, just, yes. I'm just saying, amazing. Um, managed, getting managed by Bob Backlund. I'm sure yes. there's some fun stories there. <laughs> What the world? He's I'm a like, nut. Yeah. He's a lovable nut, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. But the craziest thing I thought that I read from your wrestling career is that you started and because you were such a wrestling fan, you started in backyard wrestling before you found your school. What? Which is crazy to me. That that's awesome, but it's crazy to me. That's cool. So so cool. So I know it just hit a whole lot, but I'd love to hear some of that in the fun Gaw TV way that we talk about, but also. You just mentioned your podcast, so I'd love to talk about your new podcast or how, how long have you been doing that as well? Because I think that we would love to discuss. Yeah, please. Yes. Well, on, on my podcast, I always say, uh, don't die with the story and you tell it. So there's 7 billion plus people on this planet. So I've got to continue to like roll up my sleeves and share my story because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I am a friend. So uh that's why i always say uh anyone that doesn't have that support system be a part of my support system on social media you'll get i hear a lot of females say oh i need a break from social media i need a break it's too much well i can't do that because i know every time my feet touch the ground somebody's counting on me and i sleep better at night when i'm able to uh give advice to fans that i've met and then they turn around and dm me and say that they wanted to commit suicide because of X, Y, and Z. And that's when I have to go into a uh, friend mode and send them personal messages, talking them out of it. And, you know, who knows, I could have saved many, many lives just by being a friend. So that's, yeah. uh, that's where it all starts with me. Mama, I didn't raise no fool. I've been a fan since, uh, of wrestling since I came out of her womb, November 2nd. 1983 and i pursued wrestling with laser like focus the last sentence in my high school yearbook was wwf here i come and i wasn't going to take no for an answer and i know you know rob echoes i started at the same school that he yeah. started at his crazy behind um <laughs> and i was i was what they call the golden boy uh i started september 11th 2002 one year after 9-11 and I paid up front I paid $2,000 I used scholarship money I got from high school to join IWF wrestling school in New Jersey because I didn't want any installment payments I didn't want none of that I paid I paid the money and the rest was history and I was the golden boy I was the first one there last one to leave 19 years doing this I'm still the first one at the building and the last one to leave uh and I just got that on the job training, reps, 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 reps. And a lot of these new guys, you know, they come up to me and they say, oh, what did you think of my match? Um, you need more reps, 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 reps. You need to stumble and fall, stumble and fall. And one of my biggest, biggest uh, uh, 
um, supporters was actually Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, he's he's an amazing guy. He would always tell me back in 2000, late 2002, 2003, just keep doing what you're doing. Stay the course, stay the course. And I use a lot of Dr. Tom's um, uh, sayings because it's so true. He would always say, sometimes in this business, you're going to have to eat shit and like the taste of it. And in yeah, 2003, in 2000, <laughs> listen, 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 in 2003, I'm sitting there, oh, I'm new. That'll never happen to me. That'll never happen to me. Yeah. Dr. Palm was absolutely right when I ultimately got signed to WWE May 4th, 2009. But Dr. Tom was a big inspiration to me. Uh, he followed my career 2004, 2005. When I do interviews and people call me former WWE superstar, I say, ho, ho, ho. I don't like using the word former because former sounds washed up. My career started with WWE in 2003 when I was an extra doing a Survivor Series commercial. And then from then on, I hate using uh, I hate using the uh, uh, the saying like the old timers back in my day. But literally back in my day, 2003, there was a time when anytime WWE was in the Northeast area, Dr. Tom would say, just, you know, if you're not booked, if I can't get you booked, just show up, you know? And if you do something as an extra, you'll get paid cash. If not, just, just keep quiet and just be a sponge. And that's, that's what I would do for years and years. And, you know, I was an extra over 40 times, got told no by WWE over 40 times until I got that one yes. But, uh, yeah, there was a time, Northeast, I would just show up. And then people started to catch on, like uh, Tony Guerrero, oh, your name's not on the list. Uh, and then other wrestlers would be like, hey, how's he? Why is he here? And then ultimately, uh, I think it was Tommy Dreamer that said you can't uh, you can't show up to TV because eventually he took over. Tommy Dreamer said oh, you can't show up to TV. You have to be invited. And this was probably 2006 or so. I was just devastated. I'm like, oh, man. But I didn't give up. So yeah. uh, I ultimately did my tryout with uh, WWE in Florida Championship Wrestling. And I believe Dr. Tom was rehired because he was at Florida Championship Wrestling. And it was a four-day tryout. I was like a maniac, maniac. And I remember before the tryout, uh, John Laurinaitis was like, oh, you know, Fred, you got to show me something different. You got to, you know, you got to stand out. And this was before I was out you know I wasn't comfortable with myself at all I was very shy timid timid still shy and timid but that's what John Lauren I just said you gotta show me something different you gotta stand out so the tryout that I did um uh, um uh, May 1st 2009 I ultimately showed them I had a little bit of character I could wrestle of course but I showed them I could you know wow the crowd be fly flashy and fabulous and May 4th, 2009, the same day I got signed was the same day A.J. Lee from Union City, New Jersey, got signed. I'm from Union Township, New Jersey. So the same day we both got signed and the rest was history. I, I moved down. I remember Ken Kennedy was at the Florida Championship Wrestling and yeah. he asked me, he asked me, when are you going to move down? I said, I don't know, a couple of months. And he said, you should come down as soon as possible. And Big Daddy V was my last independent wrestling match. And uh, we didn't plan much, but after it was all said and done, we had an awesome match. And he said, boy, you're going to be up on the road within eight months. And he was right. Once I got signed, 
I was up on the road within uh, within a year doing the first season of NXT, and the rest was history for me. Again, laser-like focus, first one there, last one to leave, but Dr. Tom was a big supporter of me. Yeah, I love, I love Dr. Tom so much. I was just telling, I was like, you know, it's so funny because that um, learn to eat shit, like learn to love the taste of shit was something that he verbatim said to me. And it was like the same kind of journey. Like I would go, I'd call Dr. Tom every other week. I'd send him a new tape. I'd send him more stuff. I'd go, what do I got to do, Tom? Like, what, what can I do, doc? Like that phrase came at me more than once for sure. And like the driving and all that. I love Dr. Tom so much. And yes. I, I think that sometimes he goes underappreciated for the amount of talent that he's found and amount of like knowledge that he has, because even in his camps and his schools and stuff like that, like he is just so, so smart when it comes to this business. And like, I mean, I mean, you can tell how much he's loved when he would come visit uh, backstage with WWE and all the talent come running up to him, giving him a hug, you know? And I see other people uh, maybe side-eyeing, like, uh, like what's going on? But, like, that was just, like, everyone loved Dr. Tom. Yeah. So anytime, you know, I still use a lot of his sayings today when I coach, because I still love coaching. I still love giving back. Uh, of course, whooping ass, too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I have to say, I am just so, because I haven't met you, had the pleasure of meeting you yet in person. I'm so thrilled to hear your story and how determined you were and how, you know, you wouldn't take no for an answer. Because I was made fun of a lot, like going and, and trying to like show up to shows. And, you know, when Impact Wrestling came to Orlando, I would show up there with my tapes and I was there and trying to ingratiate myself with everybody. And everyone said, oh, well, you don't want to look desperate. And I was like, I ain't desperate. I'm eager. Yeah. I want to be here. Yeah. I want to be a part of the thing. Yeah. And I don't care how it looks. I want to be very... um obviously wanting to join the show and contribute any way I can. But I have to ask both of you, just popped into my head when you were telling your, your fabulous story there. Um, it's interesting to me because I've never been a part of WWE contracted. I've done extra work. I've been there many times. But for both of you, I want you both to answer uh, in, in your candor. When you got to WWE, was it what you thought of? Like, what were you surprised? Was it exactly how you thought it would be? Were you disappointed? What was it like for you? Well, I mean, I mean, ladies first, ladies first. The OG, Mickey. Oh, sweet. Oh, oh you're a gentleman. Always a gentleman. Um, I will say that, no, it wasn't at all what I expected it to be. Like, I thought it was a lot. I thought that when you reach that level of success and I'm comparing it to uh, NFL, NBA, all this stuff, I'm thinking private jets, private buses and the like the nicest hotels, the Ritz Carlton's and we're really going to be living the high life like that's what stardom meant to me like when you reach to that level. That's was I had no idea that I would be booking my own rental cars and my own hotels and my own, you know, <laughs> getting my own gear made and all these things. And like, I thought that a lot of that came with the, the glory of making it to that level. Obviously, we knew kind of some of that as you're going and doing because we went grassroots way. Like, so you kind of learned some of that along the way. But then you realize like, oh, that's OK, because the money is going to be like, bam, bam, bam. But for <laughs> it wasn't also but never disappointed because there was so many magical moments and so many like cool things that we were able to do and go see I would have never had a chance to go to Japan I mean I don't say that never because 
obviously that was meant to be in my life or whatever, but I think about being able to travel the world in all these cities and all these countries all over the world and meeting those people in a real space and having conversations with people from all walks of life, from so many different cultures and religions and races. And it's like to be able to love and embrace all of that and be like, wow, our world is so much bigger than Montpelier, Virginia for me. Like that was just like such a great, like, I just wouldn't trade it for the world, but it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. Wow. Yeah. You know, like I got signed and for me personal goal, I was at the top of my career professionally. If I wasn't, if I didn't get signed May 4th, 2009, I would have been a firefighter. And same thing, John Moxley, if he had become a wrestler, he would have been a firefighter. So we would have been two dope, handsome firefighters if we hadn't uh, made it. All the calendars. <laughs> She's right. I was thinking the same thing. Yes. Yes. But I wasn't comfortable with myself. You know, I would always do wrestling promos like this to deepen my voice, to sound more masculine, to sound more tough. And I just wasn't comfortable. I had a girlfriend when I first got signed to developmental, everything was like a cover up for me until I ultimately came out to the world, you know, um, you know, being closeted, you, you have these hidden blocks. And I had them in 2009 and 2010 doing the Nexus. I had those hidden blocks. Anytime I got on the mic, I was terrified, terrified. But once I unlocked those hidden blocks that were stopping me, you get access to so much cool stuff, especially nowadays, because I can be as tough as I want, or I can be as feminine as I want, baby, you know, I can just be me, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can that's queen. Tough, I, <laughs> yes, queen, I can just be myself, you know what I mean? Years ago, I would never do that, never act like right. that, never, 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 you know, but now I can be myself. Um, again, you know, I always say if I would have done this for the money, I would have complained a long time ago. I truly do this for the love and the passion and living like a rock star from city to city. I was with Titus O'Neil for many years and, you know, he got a bad rap when he first got into the Florida championship wrestling because he was a football player. And I was always the first one uh, working out with him and the last one same, you know, nothing had changed. And I told him, Big man, the same people that are shitting on you are going to be kissing your ass years from now. And he's doing yep. amazing things as an ambassador. Uh, but he was the guy that would book the hotels and uh, the rental cars because Titus Worldwide, he had the hookup. Sometimes really we get does. hotels. He, he, we, we'd get hotels for free or maybe $50 a night. He, he, he was the businessman. I was the guy that did all the driving because I love to drive. I love to be in control. 300 miles, 350 is nothing to me. Anything over 300, Mickey, I don't know if you know, they, they're supposed to charter you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if something's, if something's 315, Titus is asking for a, a plane. I'm like, listen, big man, let me drive. Let me drive, man. Like, uh, I just, well, it just in and out of the airport after a while can be stressful. I don't mm-hmm. mind it. Uh, but yeah, he was the businessman. I did all the driving. Uh, but again, being closeted, I just wasn't, uh, myself. Uh, but I was very fearful back then. Uh, you know, the wrestling business would be, you know, I was prepared. I just wasn't, uh, emotionally prepared for it. Are you tired a lot? Frustrated that no matter what you do, you can't seem to keep your energy levels up during the day? 
The problem may be how you're sleeping. There's a difference between how long you sleep for and the quality of the sleep that you're getting. If you want to increase your energy, performance, alertness, and productivity, stop reaching for the energy drinks and focus on quality REM sleep with Recovery PM. Poor quality sleep is directly linked to health problems like obesity, low testosterone levels, and high blood pressure. Worst of all, the World Health Organization has even recognized sleep deprivation as a carcinogen, meaning not getting adequate sleep can increase the risk of cancer. Did you know that 37% of people between 20 and 39 years old reported having difficulty sleeping, but only 4% of them have actually tried a sleep aid? And most over-the-counter sleep aids are just melatonin. Recovery PM is a blend of nine proven natural sleep aids and tranquilizers, including melatonin, 5-HTP, GABA, and L-tryptophan. That's the stuff in Turkey that makes you, you know, turkey tired. So you know that you're going to experience deep sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to attack the day. If you're finding yourself hitting that midday slump and using energy drinks to perk up during the day, you're only making things worse in the long run. Upgrade to Recovery PM and you'll be amazed at how good you feel. Recovery PM is available now from LegacySupps.com. And if you use code GAW, that's right, capital G, capital A, capital W, you'll get an additional 10% off your entire order. Don't sleep on your health. When I became a mom at 35, a lot of people assumed that my best days were behind me, but not me. I'm Mickey James, a nine-time women's wrestling champion, an award-winning country music recording artist, entrepreneur, philanthropist, executive producer, and above all, a wife and a very proud mother. And I'm so excited to share with you our new line of nutritional supplements designed for strong, active women from LegacySubs.com, Her Legacy. Now, you may have heard our ads on other podcasts for our best-selling testosterone booster, Test X9, or our amazing sleep aid, Recovery PM. And now, I'm so excited to launch a line of products by women, for women, to help women be their absolute best physically and mentally so they can crush it in everything that they do. All of our products are made right here in the USA in an FDA-approved facility and are personally used and approved by myself and my husband, world champion and published fitness author, Nick Aldis. So whether you're a guy looking to add inches to your arms and lose them off your waist, or a woman who wants to look, feel, and perform at her absolute best, I really hope you try our products at LegacySupps.com. Use code GAW, G-A-W, for 10% off your entire order, and we ship worldwide. Set your goals, push your limits, leave your legacy at LegacySupps.com. Yeah, what was it, where was that turning point for you where you go, because I think, I, I commend you so much, you know, I, you are the first person to ever come out publicly while under the roster, even male or female, and I think there had been a lot of people who had come out perhaps in the locker room or in with their, like their closest riding partners or whatever kind of new. Um, And there would be talk or speculation about people, but it's such a brave, brave act to be able to stand in that place that is authentic to you to be able to, I think that was so powerful and it it gave you your power back because you say like, oh, I wasn't comfortable. And that makes me so sad to think like, God, we've all been in those spaces where we're not comfortable with ourselves. And it's in that space where you go like, damn it, I love myself for who I am, right? So like, what brought you to that place to go like, 
I want to come out on a public level because I think it's impacted and it's made a massive change. And I applaud you for that. Uh, it's for in our culture and acceptance. And I think that a, a fan recently asked us or someone asked us this on the podcast mm -hmm. is how do we feel like it was accepted in the locker room? And we could only really answer it from the female's locker room space, which I know is very different than the male's locker room space. So I'm just, I have so many, so many questions, but I want you to know that we love you so much for that. Oh and God. I think without you being, being strong enough to stand up and do that, there wouldn't be Sonia DeVille's that were like just completely embraced and beloved for it. And as they should be, you know what I mean? Because it's just, it's just really cool to see, to see so many people be able to stand in their truth and that's been, and be accepted and not feel like people are going to judge them over it because it's, you know, yeah. it's who you are. And you're a pioneer for that reason. And that's why we're just, we were so thrilled that you agreed to do it, especially in pride month. That meant so yeah. much to us that you would agree to, to share your story with us. Yeah, uh, well, it's funny when I finally came out, the, the girls, uh, the, the divas, the women, they all were attracted to me and telling me their stories backstage, like telling me their drama. I don't say anything to anyone like Alicia Fox might come in and talk to me about this. And I try to just be the peacemaker and everything. This, this girl comes to me and talks to me. So it's just very, very funny, you know thinking that you know me being the gay I can kind of reason with them so that was that was a fun part of uh coming out uh but there are many reasons why I came out publicly uh, one of the main reasons was I wanted to ultimately be able to bring my partner I hate using the word partner I wanted to be able to bring my boyfriend uh to the red carpets at Wrestlemania for the Hall of Fame which I love a lot of the town don't like Hall of Fame because it's boring but I love the Hall of Fame I love uh, you know what I mean you know what I mean? Like, why not? I, I love it. I love it. So it's like, um, you know, I was able to bring my boyfriend to the red carpet. I was able to bring him backstage into the masculine world of professional wrestling. So that's what meant the world to me. And me and my ex are still good friends still to this day. Um, and when I came out, I didn't think my story was a big deal until of all people, I know you know this icon, Cher. She reached out to me publicly uh, in the DM. Yeah, in the DM. I phone number? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, <laughs> I screenshot the message and she said, um, uh, because of her hearing my story, one of her friends who's a big wrestling fan came out to his family. So she thanked me. And it was that minute I realized that my story had a galvanic effect, a sudden change on the wrestling and entertainment world. So uh, from then on, guys like, you know, Mark Henry, I share the story all the time with Mark Henry, me, NXT, new in 2010, not comfortable with myself, not comfortable. And him sitting in the locker room, I had spiky hair, gold sequence, uh, new. And he's sitting there and said, hey, boy, why you got your hair like that? It makes you look gay. And I'm just like, this is in the locker room. I'm like, Mark, I'm stump stuttering, stumbling. Mark, I, I'm just trying to look different. I'm just trying to stand out. And fast forward to when I came out publicly, he was the first guy at the SummerSlam uh, hotel in L.A. He said, hey, man, he called me that morning. He said, hey, man, come down to the green room. I got to talk to you. I went down to the green room. I said, what's up, Mark? He's like, man, how come you didn't tell me, man? I got cousins that are gay. 
And I said, because of the stuff uh, you said years ago in the locker room, that fear, that fear of the unknown. So someone like Mark Henry, Big Show, Randy Orton, who before I came out, I didn't say much to him. When I came out, Randy had my back. He said, if I have any, if I have any problems with anyone in the locker room, CM Punk said the same thing. You let me know and I'll take care of it. And it made it that much easier for me to walk into a locker room. Still to this day, you know, when Brody Lee passed away, I was devastated. You know, Randy Orton texted me and was like, hey, man, if you need someone to talk to, uh, just, you know, holla at me. I already had his number, but he was giving me uh, his number again. And that's what, that's what like the, the power of like just being yourself has, you know, uh, Randy, his wife loves me, uh, Seamus, Big Show, those guys are amazing. Again, you have your favorites and not so favorites, but I would say if they don't know you personally, Mickey, if they don't know you, Val, personally, don't take it personal. Right. Wow, that, that just warms my heart that these guys, you know, we think is the, of these big brash wrestlers can actually have humility and acceptance and tolerance. I'm going to cry. I won't. I just think that's a beautiful. <laughs> I really will. Sorry. I just, I, I think that's wonderful. And I, I, I love that. Um, we it's funny. Wait, wait, wait. It's funny. Someone like Big Show, Mickey, you know, Big Show, sometimes he can be very <laughs> grumpy and stuff like that. There would well, be times, multiple times, uh, he you know, he would be so grumpy. He'd come in the trainer's room, then he'd look at me, and then his frown would just turn upside down. And he would just be purposely be so, not purposely, but just so kind and so nice to me. I remember when we lived in Miami at one time, he hooked me up with first class on three different occasions. I don't know how he did it, but he asked me, Garen, where are you sitting at? I said, oh, I'm, I'm in the back, you know? And, uh, he went up to the counter. He did what he did. I don't know what he did, but on like at least three separate occasions, he hooked me up with first class. This was after I came out. So that's just the power of telling your truth. Oh my yeah. God. I love that's that. So Show's funny. actually a sweetheart. He, come, he does come off as a grumpy Gus sometimes, but he's always <laughs> yeah. been amazing to me. A grumpy Gus. And you talk like Randy, I know people like will, will go like, oh, Randy can be this way or that way. And I'm like, Honestly, Randy's always been 100% real with me. And I appreciate that over anything else. He's always been sweet. He's always been kind to me. Um, but I can see how he, he, people could take him a different way, but, but because he doesn't bullshit, like he doesn't, yeah. it is what you get, what you get and you either love it or you don't. And yeah. it's never like in a space. And so that makes me so happy. That really that does. So and happy. I think that it's such, because wrestling is such a macho masculine sport, which you wouldn't think because we get, oiled up and wrestle in our underwear <laughs> that it's not as masculine but I think it's like the such a macho and it's just I just think that it was really really cool because I think about that you were able to do that and you got to that space to go like no this is something that I want to do and like when you say you want to bring your boyfriend to the red carpets and you want to be not feel like you're pretending like it's like so uh you know unfortunate to feel like you're having to live some of the best times of your life but you're living it in a fake story you're not being true to yourself and so i just I'm, i applaud you on your power to be able to do that and like you said i think because wrestling and you look at the demographics and stuff uh, it just you've opened up the door for so many kids who are perhaps 
coming into their sexuality or coming into how they're feeling about themselves, but they've been ingrained of like masculinity, 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 you know, and they have felt this way, but now you've given them like a voice to say, no, this is who I am and this is okay. And this is a part of me. And this is what, you know what I mean? And that's really, really powerful. Like that's you made a real difference and you made a big, big change and you opened up like so many eyes to like what we, how accepting we are in wrestling. And I think that is a really, really powerful thing. So that's me just talking hundred percent. You know, you know, you know, I, you know, I've done my thing uh, as a group with the Nexus. I've done my thing as a tag team wrestler with the primetime players. Now uh, with new Japan, I'm, I'm able to do, do great things by myself. And 2020 when the pandemic hit, uh, I was honored enough to get match of the year for new Japan, new Japan strong with, still see Tom Lawler and that's my biggest honor ever because I got match of the year not because I'm gay but because uh I'm really good at what I do and um you know I'm a great storyteller and yeah that's like my biggest honor you know so I've just got to keep rocking and rolling and I always say I'm not the first and I'm not the last but I'm an advocate and I don't talk about it I I do it you know I do it I I hit the schools. I preach about my block hate movement that's so near and dear to my heart. And luckily, uh, thank goodness, yeah, I touch upon when I speak to fifth graders or kids that are young, I touch upon uh, my coming out story. But these kids need to be talking about spaceships and dinosaurs and right. all that stuff. I really force the bullying that it's a serious epidemic, especially cyberbullying. I try to you know, I work best when the red light's on speaking from the heart. So um, when when a lot of these celebrities come out, a lot of these uh, WWE superstars or AEW superstars or anyone that, you know, comes out, you know, they have a duty now to instill confidence in our youth and to lead by right. example. So mm-hmm. once you make the decision to come out, uh, you know, you're out, you've got to be a blessing for others. And again, I won't stop until I'm six feet under. Yeah, so well I love that. it so much. So well, well, we called I you a pioneer, like- and that's that's what that's the word I would use because, like Mickey said, you're breaking down barriers, you're breaking down stereotypes, and all these kinds of things. And we're just so grateful for. I wish we had more like you that were was as brave yeah. as you were, and that not only that you were brave in 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 your own coming out story, but that now your mission is to help others that maybe aren't so brave. That's wonderful. Right. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and I want to talk more about the block the hate campaign because I know you've been doing that and we see a lot with like no hate. We see a lot with like um, anti-bullying to bring awareness and acceptance. And I think it's, you know, and it's not just being able to block the hate, you know, for coming out as being gay or, or whatever, but just block the hate in general of like cyberbullying, especially through this pandemic you know, there's been uh, the, the suicide numbers are through the roof. I don't know if you all, but like I've paid attention. It just so heartbreaking because it's like people stuck at home going to school online and living now lives online. And it's so easy to target and pick at somebody online with zero emotional connection to it because it's just typing, but it can be hurt and crushed so many people. And it's a, it's a lot of young kids. It's a lot of young kids who are just coming into who they are, who don't really, you know, don't have the emotional capacity to understand that that is an issue with that person 
not you. You know what I mean? Like there's so it takes a great deal of strength and life lessons to get to that level of understanding, you know, no matter Mm -hmm. how we preach it, because I go like you, you would have said that to 13 year old me and you, I would have seen something like that. It would have crushed me and it would have, I would have lived with that hurt for a while and like dwelled in it and been like, Oh, whereas now I just be like, Oh, this guy, look at his profile picture. Of course, you know, (laughs) or whatever it is. Like, it's just like, okay, get out of here. Sal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, if they don't know you personally, don't take it personal. And we, you and I, Mickey, we've dealt with the bullying, you know what I mean? And you know what I'm talking about recently, you know? Uh, and like I said, uh, I don't, I don't stand for it. I don't, and I'm going to speak up and speak out, you know, when you were bullied, I, I, I definitely spoke up, you know, because, uh, it's stuff that it's stuff that happened, you know, and I'm glad things are changing. Uh, you know, the whole block, the hate movement, it, it's not just LGBTQ. It's anyone like us thou, that get bullied in the silence. We can't let that happen. You know, if something happens to us, let's publicly put it out there and say, look, this is what happened to us. And this is how I'm going to handle it. The block the hate movement just doesn't affect me. It, it affects all of us, you know? So right. when in doubt, just hashtag block the hate and it, block them and block the hate because oh. it's almost like, it's almost like you're a sniper. When you, when you block them, boom, they're gone. Sniper, boom, block the hate. Right. So um, that's why I say I can't have a break on a, a break off from social media. I've got to continue continue I, I, I none of us are strong as all of us at the end of the day i can't do it alone you can't do it alone we all got to support one another and you know it is pride month but i really feel like we need a racial harmony day week year where all ethnicities and cultures come together and uh, and learn about each other's differences Learn about it, learn a different language, learn a, a different uh, food style to cook. Just learn, you know what I mean? I always tell my God babies, the more you learn, the more you earn. So just, um, we need a racial harmony day, you know, a year where we all come together. So that's, that's, that's so important to me. Yeah. Definitely. And I it should be so, so much. And it's just God like, babies. think about that at the core of like a lot of hate is just like, because it's so foreign and unknown and that people fear the unknown. And since it's so foreign and unknown to them, then they got like have to feel like they have to hate on it. I'm just so grateful because I think about it from a mother's standpoint of like, yes. my son is now six years old, he'll be seven. And when I think about stuff that I went through and now how much more exposed and how much more brutal it is now compared to even when we were kids, it's like, it's twice as harsh. And it's like, if we can block that shit out. So my son never has to experience that. And he only looks at, cause right now he only looks at everyone in the whole world with love, you know, yeah. like it's love, love, love. And it's like, I feel like hate is a taught thing. It's a, yes. it's a taught thing. And so we just need to like break out of that and start using love instead of, you know, hate or like un, not the ability to try to understand or like just learning. Like when you say that learning is so powerful instead of like blocking it in a sense of like hating on something, why don't you learn, read a book about it? 
yeah. or talk to someone, have those conversations, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable conversations, yes. have those yes. conversations so you can learn to look. Will you ever see anything through that person's eyes or through that person's lens? No, but you could try to wear their glasses for an hour and yeah. try to understand. And I think that if we can get to a space where everyone could do something like that and just try, I think we'd have a lot more love going around, you know, and I, I, I'm so happy that there's so many more people out there preaching this. And I just, that's where I hope to get. Yeah. And there are, there, there's so many more for people yeah. like in, in social media, or it, it, public figures, even like Ellen DeGeneres, which I have to get your thoughts on the Ellen show. For example, oh, yeah. Paul is like, you know, my personal Jesus. There's, there are some fabulous people like yourself that are, you know, do, doing, doing the work and putting the work in and all that. But I have to fangle over the fact that you were on the Ellen DeGeneres show because we I all love, love Ellen. We love her message. We love her, you know, lovely energy. Oh my God. So we have to ask, how was that? And how was she most importantly, how was she? Well, if I can backtrack, uh, because it just popped in my head, when I came out publicly, uh, I thought WWE was forcing media training on me. Uh, so they had me do this media training. At first, I was like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I want to say what I, I want to say. What I want to say. I'm free. I'm free. But when I did the media training with the one gentleman, I don't know if you've ever uh, met Mickey Kevin Sullivan. Uh, he was um, a great a great guy and he helped me become a better storyteller. So right. uh, when WWE had the media train on me, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And years, years, years and years later, I, I became a better storyteller. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember when I did the Ellen show, um, it was, I didn't really get a chance to talk to her off camera. It was kind of in and out, but the media training helped me become a better storyteller and not be so nervous on the Ellen show, but to be able to share my story. And I always loved Ellen because even before I came out, I always thought she was beautiful, beautiful eyes and just funny. You know, if you can make me, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert Mickey Val, uh, but I, obviously when the red light's on, I can be an extrovert, but I, I'm a shy guy. I'm a shy guy, but if you can make me laugh, if you can do that, I just, I just light up. I just light up. So, uh, you know, Ellen is just a funny comedian, funny person in general. I love to do her show again. I've been trying for years to be a guest on the RuPaul show, uh, but it's just tough. Just so many, so many, uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians, if that's the right saying, or I don't know, uh, but just too, too many people to go through to get a hold of yeah. uh, RuPaul to be a guest but yeah I've been trying for years and I've always been intimidated before I came out of drag queens because they always if I'm around them they always put me on the spot and I'm very shy and all that stuff but now you know I love it now so that's why I want to embrace it more than ever before because at one time before I was out uh, I was like oh oh you know, that's gay, you know, oh, I don't want to be around that. That's how I was before I came out. Now I embrace it. When I wasn't out, I would be like, man, the guys voguing and all that stuff. I wish I had that confidence to do all that. I can't do it myself. But like my mom, my mom is gay and she's been gay my whole life since I was seven or eight. And as a kid, I'd always, and still today, I say, mom, do the old school Madonna voguing, you know, and she always 
breaks it out and I just crack up, you know? Uh, that's that confidence that I always see as a kid and grown up. I said, man, I wish I had that confidence, but I don't. Now I do. Yeah. Oh. That's amazing. And it so, radiates from you. Your that, energy is just so, just so cool. Yeah. It's infectious. Yeah. And your smile is amazing. I just, you know, I did read that about your mother, um, that she was gay as well. And I, so when you said like, that's really interesting to me that you were uncomfortable coming out, even though you grew up in a household and your mom was gay. So was, do you think that that played into, I don't, you know, we don't have to get too deep, but do you think that oh, yeah. into your decision based on like what people's perceptions of your mother and the things that perhaps they would say out of earshot that maybe you heard and picked up on and like judgmental yes. or very judgmental um, that yes. maybe played into your decision or. Well, um, or my mom and my dad, my mom and dad are good friends. Um, my mom came out when I was seven or eight. And again, I didn't come out till I was 28 uh, to my inner circle, my family. I didn't come out till I was 28 because, you know, as a kid, my mom would always say, oh, I can't wait to have grandchildren and stuff like that as a kid. And, you know, back in the 80s, the science wasn't as strong as it is today for same-sex couples to have kids. So I would always just suppress those feelings because no one wants to let their mom down when she's talking about, Oh, I can't wait to have grandchildren. You know? So I just right. suppress those feelings as a teenager in my twenties until I needed to come out. And I always tell people, you know, when you come out, come out when you're ready, no one should hold a gun to your head and say, come right. out. And uh, for me, I needed to come out to my mom. I needed to come out to two military uh, family members that were very, very, very tough on me. My 96-year-old grandfather, uh, who'll be 96 June, June 20th. Uh, when wow. he heard about my, when he heard about my story, he said, "I don't give a damn if my grandson green, yellow, blue. That's my grandson, and I love him." And that meant the world to me. So when you had that. When you have three or four of your close family members and your friends that have your back, and I say none of us are strong as all of us, then the sky's the limit for me. And yeah. ultimately, that's when I came out to the world two years later, because I couldn't go another 30 years living the way I was living. And yeah. it was the best decision I ever made. I love that. I love that. I just got choked up with the grandfather just saying <laughs> it doesn't matter because we had um, we had DS Shin on the show. You know, we've tried to um, this whole month. We've done, you know, pride guests and trying to get people's stories and, you know, trying to be allies and get the get the word out. And um, DS said to us, and of course, I cried. I love uh, I love DS. I yeah, love he's DS. so wonderful. He what a, what a star. He loves yeah. you. He is fabulous. <laughs> he said to us that he felt he felt unsafe at wrestling shows and he felt you know out of place and unsafe and I lost my shit I don't curse much on this show but I'm going to say I, I was so <laughs> upset to hear that and just to hear that anyone would feel uncomfortable on their own skin and then in our business you know I was saying I used to go to wrestling shows by myself and you know you do feel out of place but in, it's a very different thing to feel out of place for that reason and to feel he said the word unsafe and I thought that was just horrible so I think that's why it's good to, that we're all sharing the stories and stuff like that to just inspire but I mean we could talk to you for all night yeah. and I will say that um just going into current events that you've had we are wondering what's next for you because we are thrilled to see that you're in the NWA locker room 
That's yeah. very exciting I'm for us. And we, I, saw, I saw you this weekend, this past yeah. weekend, darling. Yes. But yeah, I'm also excited because you were, I just, you know, when you first came on, I was like, oh, he's wearing his New Japan shirt. So I'm so excited for that for you because I know you're over the moon about that. And that's, that's so cool. Yeah. So the New Japan, NWA, tell us what's next and what you're enjoying. Well, with New Japan, um, I was always intimidated in the style and I did WWE and I know nothing lasts forever. Um, but I remember I, I ran into Lance Hoyt. Uh, I ran into Lance Hoyt uh, oh. at a at a show in Pomona, California, September 2019. And uh, at the time, he was with New Japan and him and I were good friends from back in Florida Championship Wrestling. And he, we were talking. He's like, oh, so what's going on with you? I said, oh, nothing much, man. Just keeping it moving, doing the indies here and there. But I've always had dreams and aspirations of doing New Japan. And he said, hey, well, November 2019, yeah, this flyer right here, uh, Lance Hoyt had gave to me. And he said that uh, New Japan was doing a show at the Globe Theater in L.A. And I said to myself, um, I need to show up. So I showed up. The show started at 7 p.m. I got there 5 p.m. because I wanted to feel the ring because it's different. It's a lot stiffer than any other ring. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to be able to meet the wrestlers and sit there and watch the show from beginning to end as a fan and say to myself, the same question was running in my head. Do I fit in? Do I fit in? Do I fit in? Do I fit in a thousand times? And after the show was all said and done, I said to myself, man, I can hang with these guys. And that's when I pursued uh, New Japan like crazy, whatever it takes. Do I need to do a trial at 36? I'll do a trial. I'm ready. Uh, and that was the end of 2019 when I went to the show in November. And then 2020 hit. And I'm proud to say I did my first ever musical off-Broadway. I can say that oh, um, uh, I'm, I'm the first WWE superstar to do an off-Broadway play about uh, marriage equality. So I was doing that. Uh, and it's all on my social media, uh, the stuff I posted over the uh, over time. Uh, I was filming that 2020, January and February, and then the pandemic hit. You know, I was in and out of New York, didn't know that the pandemic was, uh, we knew about the pandemic. Uh, we knew about this virus, but we didn't know how serious it was going to be. So I was in and out of New York, January, February, doing this musical. And it's something that I would, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life because I got the lines down, but when you include singing and dancing, it's just a whole nother element that I had no experience in. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. So yeah. I conquered that uh, Valentine's Day, February, 20, 2020. Then the pandemic hit. And then that's when New Japan reached out to me May, June about this opportunity. And I said, let me let me call you back. Let me double check with my family because I needed to be blessed by my family about this opportunity and make sure everything is compliant and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I just listen to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, my family blessed me. And the rest was history. And I was said to myself, I'm either going to shit the bed with them or I'm going to have some of my best matches, do some of my best work. Um, and I've been doing that. And I channel at 19 years in the business, I channel guys like Randy Orton. I channel guys like the great Muda and not what they do. It's how they do it, the in-between stuff. A lot of people right. can't get that until they get those reps in, you know? Uh, so I channel those guys and, I've been doing some of my best work and 
uh, at this point in my career, quality over quantity. So I just wanted to stay in my own lane because when we veer off, when we overload ourselves, it, it can be too much. So I just have to be happy with what's on my plate. And Gary V, if you know him as, uh, he's a motivational, you know, influencer. Uh, I, I take a lot of what uh, he preaches. Uh, the light bulb always pops on with him. Uh, he uses this thing that says he'd rather be happy making $97,000 than make $297,000 and not be happy. At $97,000, when you're happy, you just have to live a little bit more humbly. And that's, that's, that's what I take. You know, I'd rather make less money. I'm not a materialistic person, but I want to just be happy and stay in my lane. I was denied by AEW not once, but twice. But AEW wasn't my all-in goal. It was New Japan. And just like I pursued WWE with laser-like focus, with New Japan, I was not going to take no for an answer. And at 37 uh, years young, um, I'm the newest signee exclusive to New Japan. Oh, my God. I, I love the, I, I just love your energy and you're not taking no for an answer. I feel like everyone could really learn a lot from that type of attitude. That is so cool. Yeah, And that, like, I've got to be honest with you, it means the world to me for New Japan to not only embrace someone that's African-American, but someone who is gay. So the things uh, that New Japan are doing are incredible. Things are changing for the better, and I'm happy to be a part of it. That's so yeah. cool. Even more respect to NJPW. That's very, very progressive of them, and, and that's amazing. Wow. For sure, especially yeah. because they have such traditional values, like very old traditional values. To so see them open up and just be so accepting and just go like, yeah, hell yeah, that's a really amazing space. It just so shows how much we've grown, you know, just in the last, like I go, just in the last like decade, I feel like we've grown leaps and bounds, you know, and it's taken a long time to get there, but it's yeah. just becoming such just more of just a loving space all around. Pixies Thank goodness. Yeah. And honestly, it's a testament and, to you because clearly talent and, uh, and star power and star quality has no race, has no gender, has no any, you know, it, it, you're just a star and they clearly saw that. So respect to them. That's really cool. Yes, no doubt. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm a star, but the beauty of New Japan is, you know, when you're with WWE and you're under their umbrella, you have to abide by their rules uh, or like, like Triple H says, you got to either adapt or perish. Uh, when you're under their conglomerate, make it six figures or whatever, uh, you just have to do what they do, uh, uh, do what they tell you to do. But with New Japan, I have the opportunity to work for other organizations uh, and do other projects. So that's the beauty of it. I'm able to, to kind of have my cake and eat it too. The, the power to be the author of your own story rather than having someone else dictate your story, there is so much fulfillment in that. Because then when you look at it, if, they, if we made our mistakes, which we are gonna do along the way, you can take accountability and ownership for those mistakes because those are the things that made you grow as an art, as a performer, as an artist, as a human, you know? And to be more empathetic and sympathetic of perhaps other people kind of going through the same thing. Whereas if you have other people dictating all your moves for you and making all this well then it's really easy to pass the blame and go like well that wasn't on me that was on them mm -hmm. you know and it, and it's I've been in that same position too and it's it's frustrating because you feel so powerless like you feel so much power and yet so powerless in the same context you know I was like always I always compare it to like it's so amazing when you have 
these amazing golden diamond encrusted handcuffs. Like they're beautiful and they're <laughs> and damn, they look good. They're so beautiful, but they're still handcuffs. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like kind of like and, and a, you know, we are very blessed to, to have gotten to like such spaces to where people took notice and care about you as a human and to be able to take that platform and use it for positive change and to make a difference and to continue to push that love and respect and acceptance and all these things and to be truthful with yourself. And cause that it shows that's a huge power. A lot of people can't be honest. Yeah. A lot of people can't be authentic and truthful. And it's, so I find that so commendable to people who can, that's all I'm saying. I want hey, to recognize to you and your bravery and you're just, as Mickey just hit the nail on the head, using your platform for change and for good. Cheers to you. You've been amazing. I'm you glad we can virtually- This is the ice, baby. You're, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Hey, thank you. And like, we got to be proud of the stuff that we're doing, you know? With WWE, they released me uh, October- uh, October, late October of 2017, like two, three days before my birthday, you know, I didn't, I'm not bitter uh, that once I got released, they had finally embraced the LGBTQ movement, but they had did it with Finn Balor. Like, again, that broke my heart. But you know what? Look at us. We're making moves. I'm making moves with New Japan, Mickey. You're just making moves with NWA. Uh, I mean, it's just like, Look at us, you know, look at us. We got to be proud of the stuff that we're doing, you know, and like we got to be a voice of the voiceless for our women empowerment, empower. We got to be the voice of the voices when it comes to the LGBTQ community or anyone that gets bullied. Mm -hmm. So let's just keep let's just keep rocking and rolling and don't yeah. stop. And block that hate, baby. Block that All hate. Day, every day. No All days day, off. Day. Block that hate. You're a doll. Thank no you for being off. here. Truly a grown-ass man. We love you so much. <laughs> Damn, baby. Thank you. What a darling. What a darling. Oh, my God. He hubba hubba. Can I just say that? Oh, and thank you so much. Yeah, hubba. <laughs> we need those eyeballs. Can you superimpose those eyeballs that come out our eyes? You know? Snapchat. <laughs> but Darren, oh my God, I love you so much. Oh my gosh. And I'm I, again, I just want to apologize. Oh, oh no, no need for apologies. You know what? Maybe, maybe he wouldn't have revealed the crush if you were there. Maybe he would have been too, too annoyed. I know. And you guys know. were even asking me later on, can you film later on? Can you film later on? I was like, I have a Padres game to go to. It was a busy day and I took my freaking fat burners. <laughs> Legacy like, sucks. I couldn't make it. I, I couldn't make it. I was like, we were yawning, driving home. And I was like, we have to feed the dogs before we go to the Padres game. And I was sore. I was so sore walking to the game. I was just like, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how to make it. Did you I bring some too, more fat burners? I too <laughs> yawn at sports. It's just, I don't know what happens. It comes on and I'm like, oh my God. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, but it's we do want to tell you Martin. guys, thank you for being here. Yeah. But we are oh, thank you. into patreon.com slash TV because at the top of the hour at 6 p.m. Eastern, we will all be a part of the Zoom after party. It's live. Everyone from Patreon is invited. And it's so much fun. If you think this was fun, get over to the chat in just a little bit and we'll see you there. Oh, so exciting. I can't wait. But to everyone yep. here, here live in the chat, hello, hello. We see you. We are grateful for you. But don't forget to like this video. Make sure you're subscribed. Turn that notification bell on. Comment below outside the live chat, because I know it's fun chatting in here, but the little comments on the other side, they're cool too. We love those. Yeah. 
And we'll see yes. you in the Patreon after party. Get your shots ready, babies. If you liked this episode of Grown Ass Women, you can also find Gaw TV on YouTube to see the full show in video format. And if you'd like to be a member of Team Gaw, you can support us by joining patreon.com slash TV. Our members get special perks like early access to episodes, autographed merchandise, exclusive photo shoots, live video chats with us, and more. For official Gaw TV merchandise, social media links, and more info, go to gawtv.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow the Godcast on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for tuning into the Godcast, and we will see you next week.